This is Michael Miracle, producer of the I Work For Him radio program. Thanks for listening to the I Work For Him podcast. You can catch the show live weekdays from 3 o'clock until 4, locally in Tampa Bay on AM 570 and 910 WTBN and online at letstalkfaith.com and iheartradio.com. And swing by our website for all things I Work For Him at iworkforhim.com. That's iwork4him.com. And now, today's podcast broadcast. You've tuned into the fastest one hour in Christian talk radio. Thanks for tuning in to I Work For Him today. Thanks for tuning in on letstalkfaith.com and iHeartRadio and AM 570 and 910 and 1380. Thanks for tuning in on Red Nation Rising. And thanks for listening to the podcast out there on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. However you're hearing the show today, just know, know that we have prayed for you ahead of time. That something we say today will cause you to dig deeper into your faith into connecting what you heard on Sunday and what you do in your nine to five. You know, we've been told since childhood that prayer changes things, but does it really? I mean, the world seems to be falling apart at a rapid pace. Are our prayers going unanswered? Are we wasting our time? Is God even listening? Of course, we all know he's listening. It's just that sometimes we aren't listening and we're not listening for his answer And we get really impatient super fast. Did you know that on the 4th of May, this year, 2017, it's the National Day of Prayer? What are your plans for that day? Are you willing to commit a whole day to praying for our nation and its leaders? Today we have two committed National Day of Prayer leaders on the air with us to talk about this momentous day and to get you involved and tell you how you can get involved. First, let me welcome Kathy Branzell. She's the National Coordinator for the Love 2020 Movement as part of Mission America. You've heard us talk about Love 2020. You can find out more about Love 2020 online at love2020.com. Secondarily, we've got Dion Elmore. He's the Chief Communication Officer for the National Day of Prayer Task Force Kathy Branzell, Dion Elmore, welcome to I Work For Him. Hey, Jim. Thanks, Jim. Good to talk with you. you know, it's going to be a fast-moving show, so don't worry about talking over each other. It'll be okay. Kathy, my first question it goes to you. In the first round, we go to Kathy Branzell. Uh, <laughs> I should have done the game show, I guess. All right, the Love 2020 movement, I can feel it. It's gaining momentum. I hear, mm-hmm. I'm starting to hear it's about fun. a little bit. Organizations and individuals from around the country are committing to a lifestyle of prayer care and share how has this movement impacted you personally personally it's been amazing because it's made me very deliberate so think about how jesus prayed and cared and shared the gospel message every single day just along the way wherever he was wherever he happened to be walking through, going to where he was sitting by the shore, whatever it was, he was praying, he was caring, he was sharing. And so the Love 2020 movement has made it very deliberate for me. So every day when I wake up in the morning, I am looking for ways that I can share the love and message of Jesus Christ. And every night when I lay down and assess the day, I thank God for the opportunities to share his love and message. So... You've got a long history, then, with this National Day of Prayer movement. How did you first get involved, and why? Well, I first got involved because uh, I got asked through the uh, Christian Educator Ministry that I was um, a founder of, I got asked to join the National Prayer Committee, which is made up of prayer network leaders um, around the United States and worldwide. 
The National Prayer Committee is the parent ministry of the National Day of Prayer. And so from uh, from years of serving on the prayer committee, then I was invited to be on the board of directors of the National Day of Prayer. And I believe that you work on a board. You don't sit on a board. Uh, for, for all your listeners out there, when you're invited to do something grand and wonderful, like be on somebody's board, it's something to be active in and something where you can make an impact for them. And so um, that's what I've done with National Day of Prayer. And and they are very much um, uh, close to my heart and what we do every day. Now, you wanted us today to have Dion Elmore on the show, the national, the chief communications officer from the National Day of Prayer. Why don't you introduce Dion and tell me, tell our listeners why you thought Dion was the guy to bring on the show today? Well, I've known Dion for quite a while, and we've had many adventure together. But I just don't know anybody who articulates. The, the history and the message of the National Day of Prayer more beautifully than Dion does. He can, he, he, you'll see when he starts talking about National Day of Prayer, he, it's like uh, coming out of the mouth of angels. So uh, I just knew that the best way for your listeners to know about National Day of Prayer, what they could do, and why it's even a national day, that Dion would be your man to, uh, to share this. So Dion, welcome to I Work For Him. Hey, thanks, Jim. Thanks for having me on board. So talk about how did your life get so entwined into the National Day of Prayer movement? I mean, you're, I mean, the chief communications officer, well, that's what needs to be done more than anything. Communicate with the nation. Hey, we're praying today. I mean, how did, how did your life get, uh, get into this? Yeah, it's really interesting. In, in 1991, when Shirley Dobson took the helm of the National Day of Prayer from Bonnet Bright, uh, I was working with Focus on the Family at the time. And I was uh, one of the leaders there in charge at that time of one of the creative service areas. And when when National Day of Prayer came into focus on the family, focus acted as kind of an incubator. We provided office space and uh, some funding and, and also support for them. And so as as we were developing materials, all of a sudden this, this National Day of Prayer movement came in that we needed to create promotional materials for. And, and so that was my introduction to it. And But it wasn't until I, I was involved at a local church here in Colorado Springs that it really hit home, uh, and I saw prayer mobilization in action in the church. And that was here in Colorado Springs under a former pastor of mine. He really had a heart for prayer and had a heart for the National Day of Prayer. And he's been here now for, let's see, he came here in, in 2007, so it's 20 years this year. So for the last 20 years, that church has been a part of mobilizing people to pray for our nation, beginning in their own community on the National Day of Prayer. When you say prayer mobilization, what do you mean by that? I have never heard those two words used together. Uh, that's a great question. You know, prayer mobilization is really engaging people equipping them with tools and encouraging them to pray for our nation strategically and intentionally. So when we mobilize prayer, we're talking about an active, not a passive, um, basically an active uh, event. And so around the nation, there are, uh, our estimates are about 40,000 events around the nation that we mobilize people into so that on the National Day of Prayer, they gather together and they cry out to God for our nation. And, and and it's it's a day of prayer. As a kid, I remember standing around the flagpole, you know, it, 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 on the National Day of Prayer. It, I mean, and it's 
I know prayer changes things, but it is so hard. As I opened up with the show today, it's like, does prayer really change anything? And what's amazing is the biggest change I've seen in my prayer life has been the change to my own heart. And, and, mm-hmm. and we're praying, and you're encouraging us to pray for our leaders, but wow, to be able to pray for, and when we realize we start praying for other people, it really starts to you know, modify our own heart. It really makes a big impact. That's exactly right. Yeah. So, and you know, what's interesting, I want Dion to share on this. So I want to emphasize on everyone to understand we are not a political organization. We are a prayer ministry. And so, yes, we pray for our government leaders and we bless them. We don't curse them and we don't criticize. We are there to speak blessing and to pray God's presence over them. But Mm -hmm. besides our government, there's six other areas that we pray strategically into that Dion can talk about. Well, and and I think it's super important, I'll just interrupt there for a second, is it to understand that God places our leaders. I mean, it it says that God picks our leaders, and Paul talks about, listen, he had to show respect to the Romans, who weren't exactly a nice, gentle people, but... Paul said we need to be praying for these people. It doesn't matter what political party they're from or, or what position they have, whether they're the local mayor or the president of the United States. In between, they all need our prayers for wisdom. I mean, Dion, how cool is that to be part of a movement that prays for people that make decisions that impact people all the time? Well, it, it's, it, it is very cool, uh, to use your words. It's an amazing, amazing uh, job that I have. I have one of the best roles in the nation to be able to mobilize people and to engage them to pray for not just, as Kathy said, not just our government leaders, although we are commanded in Scripture to pray for them, not just suggested, but we're, we're told to pray for them. And we want to mobilize prayer, not just for our government leaders, but other leaders as well. Like, for example, our military. We, we mobilize prayer for the military. We probably, uh, mobilize prayer for media and entertainment, uh, for folks like you, doing what you do every day, for business leaders and educators and, and church. And, of course, where it all begins, which is the family. We need to pray for our leadership of our own families. And so those are the areas that we focus this this prayer initiative on, not just on the first Thursday in May, although that's our Super Bowl event. The National Day of Prayer coming up on May the 4th, 2017. A day of prayer dedicated to praying for our nation. And oh my word, people! Our nation needs to be prayed for now more than ever. We've got on the line with us today, Kathy Branzell from the Love 2020 movement. You can find out more about Love 2020 online at love2020.com. And we've got Dion Elmore. He's the national coordinator, the chief communications officer, excuse me, of the National Day of Prayer. And you can find out more about the National Day of Prayer online at what's the website, Dion? It's nationaldayofprayer.org. O-R-G. That sounds pretty simple. Nationaldayofprayer.org and love2020.com. Kathy, what's Love 2020 all about? Love 2020 is all about sharing the love and the message of Jesus Christ with every person in America by the end of the year 2020, for them to receive an authentic touch of love, for to know that they're cared about by their creative uh, creator, of the universe, their divine designer who redeemed them, who loves them, who authored their days, and to be loved by people of the church, to know that we care, that we, we're built to love. 
And so that's what Love 2020 is all about in 40 different areas of cultural influence, including prayer. And Dion, isn't it true, as the chief communications officer for the National Day of Prayer, that we're talking about one day a year, May the 4th of this year, 2017. That's a National Day of Prayer. But if we really want to accomplish the mission of Love 2020, we need to be praying every day for the people that we work alongside as well as our, 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 our leaders. Isn't that true? That is true, and that's one of the reasons why we say that it, it's it's the National Day of Prayer, but really what we're doing is we're engaging people to pray 364 other days a year because we never stop having the need to pray. <laughs> and, and, and all you have to do to understand as far as leaders, the pressure that they face, you know, you've never seen anybody become president that didn't have their hair change color. I'm not sure about this current president, but, you know, the past presidents they all have. But the pressure that they feel, and not just in Washington, but even at the local local civic levels as mayors and council members and, and the leaders in our churches and the leaders in our communities and, and state senators and things like that, it, governors, the pressure, because they're not only do they have the pressure to make good decisions, but they get the pressure from people trying to get them to make decisions that'll benefit other people. I mean, it's mm-hmm. some crazy stuff. That's true. And it even happens within the context of our own family. I mean, just think about the mother and father out there that are making decisions for the children in a culture like ours. I mean, the pressure is so great. Pastors who are trying to navigate these things and, and, and share these things with their people um, in a culture that is contrary to many of the things that we teach. It's, it's, it's a tough assignment. Yeah, and I believe the greatest way to change your workplace is pray for your boss. Mm-hmm. Well, you Amen. know, I, I talk about that as being part of the I Work For Him Nation, to start praying for those you work alongside each and every day by name. And I've said that on hundreds of shows over the last four years, and one day I got an email from a guy in South Africa. And he said, Jim, I found your show because I was searching for something on Transworld Radio, and you just had interviewed somebody on Transworld Radio, and I listened to your show, and I had never, ever heard that I should be praying for my boss. Nobody ever told me mm-hmm. that. And my boss is mean, and he's cruel to me all the time, and nobody ever told me I should be praying for him. It has transformed my life to pray for my boss. So I mean, praying for people, that's the, the biggest it. work that happens when we pray is, is the difference in our own self. But, but Dan, you were talking about you know, it, it, the, the incredible work, the joy of your work, but you and Kathy have done these bus tours, uh, and, <laughs> and many others, not just you and Kathy, but these Pray for America bus tours. What were those all about? I mean, I didn't think people traveled by bus anymore. I thought it was all done on the Internet. But what were these Pray for America bus tours all about? Dion. Do you want to take that, Kathy? Oh, oh no, Dion. Yeah, you, you I want your say. perspective. <laughs> I want your perspective. <laughs> My perspective. Well, let me tell you, traveling, traveling around the nation with a team of people for the purpose of rallying prayer, strategic, intentional, purposeful prayer, into communities is an amazing, amazing experience, because what you get to do is go out and talk to people where they live. And Kathy and I heard over and over and over and over again the question, how do I pray for our nation? And we would just simply respond by starting in your community. It's one community at a time. But, I mean, we started these tours going to all of these seven spheres of influence and went around the nation and engaged people in churches on military bases. We were in state capitals and city halls. We We were all over the place, and we asked the same question over and over again. Is, would you like us to hear what it is that you need prayed for? You know, we've asked them, what can we pray? 
And they would share with us, and we would ask them, would you like us to mobilize our national uh, network, which is about 17,000 prayer coordinators, to pray for you and get people praying in your community? And we never heard a no. Of course not. Everybody I've, needs prayer. <laughs> I, have, I have asked hundreds of people after having meetings with them or, or, or whatever may be the case to say, hey, can I, can I pray with you about that? I have never, ever, ever, ever regardless of position or relationship, had somebody say no. Because when people have something on their hearts, they understand there's something significant about prayer. Let me ask you this question, Dion, a little off track, but do you guys have a theme song? Like, do you have a song that drives the National Day of Prayer? Actually, we've had several over the years. We don't have one this year, but we have had people write songs. We have had one from Sanctus Real that uh, they made available last year. It seems like every year God inspires people to write songs and send them in. Um, but it's 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 one of those things where prayer is is the motiv- motivation behind a lot of a lot of uh, lyrics. Oh, absolutely! Now. May I make a suggestion on a great theme song that I think would resonate with the entire (laughs) nation? Kathy, you're going to kill me when I say this. Did you know that MC Hammer released a song in 1991 called Pray? And the main theme of the song is you got to pray just to make it today. It is it is wow. incredible. The lyrics are incredible, and, you know, because MC Hammer grew up the kid of a, a child of a pastor. He's a pastor's kid, right? And, yep. and he wrote a song about prayer, and it is it, the whole theme. The thing that gets stuck in your head forever is you got to pray just to make it today. And yep. I, I, I'm telling you to listen to it; it will get stuck in your head. <laughs> but it could possibly. But it's not like a Sanctus Real is a great group. Nothing against them. But MC Hammer is going to communicate with a lot of people. People are going to go, first of all, the parachute pants in the video will impact people. But, okay, <laughs> there, there there's just a, there Sounds like a, a bus tour theme song. Well, yeah, talk exactly. about this, this bus tour. Okay, so on the bus tour, you're in small towns, big towns, trying to gather people together to pray. Well, I'm going to, I, Kathy, why don't you address this? Because Kathy, literally, the first tour, she just took this on single-handedly, and she created a schedule stop by stop by stop by stop. And we just saw God put the details together. But, I mean, it, it was amazing. How many miles have we traveled? It's over 45,000 miles, I think, we've gone in this country. We've gone to all but, all but three states. Well, yeah, did you leave if we out? could figure out how to drive to Hawaii, we'd be there tomorrow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we couldn't figure well, out how to put pontoons on the on the bus. So, you well, know, what about okay? Work. So Hawaii and Alaska. What's the other one you left out? I'm trying to figure out what other Arkansas. one you left. The other one, Arkansas. <laughs> Arkansas. I don't even want to ask no, what's wrong with Arkansas. Why did you skip Arkansas? Yeah, you had to. It yeah, just okay. it just never worked out on the route, but it when, was amazing because the first tour. So we've had we've we've gone through four of these. The first tour four years ago with a hundred days. Um, and it was amazing. We went from coast to coast to coast and I just got on the phone and started calling pastors and our prayer coordinators. They are amazing. We have an incredible group of coordinators at the national day of prayer who are out there grassroots in their community, leading prayer, building relationships. And this is what makes it 365. So we went to 35 capitals, and got to pray um, at or in the capitals, sometimes with governors, sometimes with legislators, sometimes just with people out on the street. And uh, we went and, and spoke with pastors. We got to serve in churches. We were all over the place, and it was amazing just to meet all these people in the communities. But what's cool is um, we have a very good friend who owns a bus company, 
and he wraps the bus, a full, the biggest <laughs> touring bus there is that exists. Um, we are taller than the double-decker buses in New York City. Wow. And so it's wrapped in whatever our theme is for the year. So it's got a big picture. You're sure. smiling. Hey, guys, I got yeah, to interrupt great. you. I got to interrupt you for just a second, yep. and we'll go back to the bus story after the Bob and the Half Hour. You know, the whole key in prayer is we want to introduce Jesus to our nation. And I've got a friend joining us on the line, Tim Paskert, who's uh-huh. produced a movie that is going that has been played many Easter weekends across the country on regular television. Tim Paskert, welcome to I Work For Him. Hey, Jim, how are you? I'm doing good. Tell us how the glass window is going to be heard around the nation this weekend. What's going on? Well, I'm going to speak specifically about my hometown and your hometown, Tampa, Florida. And, again, the glass window is going to be broadcast by WMOR, which is the highest-rated, most watched independent television station in the United States. And they are putting it on this year at 12 noon Easter Sunday. Wow, on Easter. position. Absolutely. Easter Sunday, 12 noon. And as you said, this is uh, this is the film for Easter today for those who are outside of the walls who have walked away. This, this is their story. Well, and really, as I've watched The Glass Window, and you've had it played on, on major television networks around the country Easter weekend for many years in the past, this is a story that presents the gospel and the truth of the gospel and the rescue of the gospel all in one in a film of, a, of an executive, of a that story of an correct. executive. That is correct. It's sort of like a, it's a wonderful life for Easter. It is a real-life story. People can relate to it, and it's an evergreen story. What do you mean by that? Uh, you can do it year after year. Everybody can relate to it. It's it does an evergreen story. It just doesn't get old. Each generation ch- is challenged with the same thing, and they can relate to these characters and understand what the final solution is. Now, how do people find out more about the glass window and where it's playing and where they can get a copy to show it to their small group? How do people find out more it, about the glass window? It's very simple. The glass window, first off, this weekend, uh, MOR is uh, Channel 32 if you're watching over the air. If you're not, it's on Spectrum 12 and Frontier 12 and also available on HD. As far as if you want to see the glass window on your own time, it's available on iTunes. It's available in Google Play. It's available on Amazon Play right now. You can watch it on your phone. You can watch it on your smart TV. And then, of course, you can always go to the Glass Window website, uh, and you can actually pick up a copy with any donation of any amount made to the Ministry of Mark 829. And what's that website? And it is literally mark829.com. Mark829.com. Tim Pasker, thanks for calling in and giving us the update on the Glass Window. Appreciate it. Thank you, Jim. We're talking today with Kathy Branzell from Love 2020, a movement all about spreading the love of Christ through prayer, through a lifestyle of prayer, care, prayer, care, and sharing our faith. And we got Dion Elmore. He is the chief communications officer from the National Day of Prayer. Kathy and Dion, welcome back to I Work for Him. Thanks, Jim. All right, so we were talking about your bus tour and the amazingness that you've been in every state except for Arkansas, and the people from Arkansas called during the break and said, hey, we need prayer here too. Did you know who our uh-huh. governor was who became president? I mean, come on, people, seriously. <laughs> no, it, actually, wasn't it, was it Arkansas that governor had to resign this week? Or was it Alabama? No, that was Alabama. Alabama, Alabama. it was yeah. an A state. Okay, all right, so yeah. we, won't, we won't make – but talk about needing prayer. There's a guy who destroyed his 50-year marriage – and had to step down for being governor. 
Wow. Got to pray. Got to pray. Yes. We got to pray just to make it today. That's what MC Hammer said, and that's why it needs to be your theme song. All right, I want to talk about the impact of prayer, Dion, because this, the National Day of Prayer, is you know, it's one day a year that it gets attention, and I'm hoping that it gets a lot of attention inside the Beltway in D.C. this year. But this is something that prayer changes things. Prayer really does change things. It starts with changing our own hearts. How did you get to be? so enthusiastic about prayer? I think by really experiencing a lot of the things that you're talking about, you pray for things, and then you see God working them out in real time in your life. And, and it comes back to, you know, the whole concept of why do we pray? And is it any use to pray? Why should I pray if God is not working in the way that I'm asking him to, then, then what's going on? And I think what you had mentioned earlier when we first started is really important. The nation needs to pray because we believe in God Almighty. We are the people who follow the God who is God Almighty in the Scriptures. He's not God some mighty. He's not God kind of mighty. He is God Almighty, who's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can even ask or think and he promises in his word that he's never going to leave us, nor is he going to forsake us. So you've got God's people concentrated in this nation who began to pray for their nation, and they see God doing a work. You know, I just want to give one example. Um, as we were praying for leaders around the nation on that first bus tour, one of the stops that we made was in a governor's office in Indiana. And as we were standing around this office and praying, we prayed for him. And I looked down at his desk. I was, I was standing right behind the chair, and I saw an open Bible, well-worn and marked up on the left-hand side. And I saw uh, Jim Collins' book, Good to Great, on the other side. And I thought to myself, if every governor, if every elected official in our nation had the Bible open, well-worn, marked up on one side, and Good to Great on the other, striving to make this nation great, wouldn't it be amazing if God put people like that in positions of authority, and that, that happened to be Governor Mike Pence's office. Hmm. And you see God doing things to position his people in such a way to impact our nation like never before. That's one <sighs> tangible example. Well, and our nation was founded on prayer. It was founded on prayer to our God, not to just any God, but to the God of the Bible, the God that actually exists. And, and exactly even though right. today the deniers are saying, no, we weren't, we were just a, a nation founded on, you know, good stuff. No, we were a nation founded because of religious persecution. People came That's here to, exactly to right. practice the, their religion, the free practice of religion, and they want a protection from government, which is what the separation of church and state is all about. Protection from the government intruding on religion is not religion intruding in government. Kathy, as you look at this lifestyle of prayer and you look at the bus tours and you look at the impact of the National Day of Prayer, and as you said, from Vonette Bright to Shirley Dobson, I mean, you talk about two ladies that served great husbands, but mm -hmm. those two ladies themselves lived, I mean, wow. I mean, yes. those two ladies made monstrous. And Vonette just went to be with the Lord just recently. Mm -hmm. I mean, impact, the impact. What have you seen the Lord do through the National Day of Prayer in our country? I have seen prayer soften hearts. I have seen prayer bring about miracles. I have seen prayer bring hope. I have seen prayer 
restore marriages. I've seen prayer uh, miraculously heal people. I have seen prayer bring unity where there was division. Um, I've seen apologies made. I've seen prideful men and women humbled. Um, I've seen communities come together. Uh, The list goes on and on. Uh, Schools, uh, when we did our education tour, we've seen campuses transformed. Uh, We've watched crime in in specific cities uh, where we targeted data. We've seen school uh, testing and scores and graduation rates go up. We've seen crime go down. Uh, We've seen divorce rates diminish. And so there's no denying that when you take it to the throne of God and leave it in his hands and do what he commands, things are going to change. And they're well, going to change I, in amazing ways. We had a, a listener join or a, a guest join you and I a couple of months ago from Modesto, California. And we mm-hmm. talked about the transformation of Modesto, California, yes. and it all started yes. with prayer. Right. Right. Absolutely. And you know what's exciting, too, is, and I don't, I don't know if you realize this, did you know that the National Day of Prayer isn't just a day that we picked uh, to call our nation to prayer? It's a law. It is an actual national law for the president to call our nation to prayer. And how long has that law been in place, Dion? It's been there since 1952. And it was, though, uh, traditionally in place since 1775 with the First Continental Congress. They called our nation to National Day of Prayer. And since then, presidents throughout the decades have continued to do the same thing. They just made it. Uh, It was interesting back in the 50s. I mean, what was happening um, was that we had godlessness coming into our culture, and they wanted to make sure that we had the God of the Bible in our culture to stay. And so they established the National Day of Prayer in 1952. It wasn't a nation at that point in time that looked at things as many, many faiths. It was a nation of Christians establishing the Christian God, the God of the Bible, as the God in whom we trust. That's on our currency. You know, Kathy, when you do your prayer time in the morning, and I, I know you do, because mm-hmm. you've prayed, I know, many times for I work for him. Do you use a prayer journal? I do use a prayer journal. and how, I do you, actually, how do you use a prayer journal? How does it impact your prayer time? Because I write down the answers. So on one side, my journal, when you open it up, the requests are written down on the left. And there's a blank page on the right. And as God answers those prayers, as situations change, as things are updated, I write it on the right side of my journal because there is something very powerful. You know, we're we're, we're so prone to forget. It's why God in the Bible kept telling his people, remember and tell, remember and tell, tell of my goodness, tell of my faithfulness. You know, and there's just days where you think, does it really matter? Are things really getting better? And you can open your journal and go, oh, I prayed for that. Look, I was protected. Oh, I prayed for that. Look, I was provided for. Oh, look, we prayed for that. That person was healed. And it's not always going to look the way that you think it should look, but so many times it's better. Mm-hmm. And um, and so it's that's a powerful piece of trusting God in your prayer time is your journal. We're talking today with Kathy Branzell from Love 2020, who is all about the Love 2020 movement. It's all about helping each one of us to develop a life of prayer and care and sharing our faith and with everyone that we come in contact with. 
And we've got Dion Elmore. He is the chief communications officer. I keep wanting to tell you, say that you're in charge, national communications officer, but chief communications officer for the National Day of Prayer, which is on May the 4th. Dion, I'm sorry that I interrupted you. I just want to make sure I got that stuff out there. Oh, no worries. I, I just wanted to chime in with what Kathy was saying. I just wanted to it, just encourage people to write it down and then also to go back to it to remember, as she had said, because one of the reasons why we don't see God moving is because we are not, it's not that God isn't moving, it's just not, we're not perceiving it because we're really not looking. Oh, we that's prayers, huge. And then we don't go back, and we don't, don't look to see what he's accomplished. So oh, I think right. that, that that was just a critical key. <laughs> Dion, you were a pastor, right? You were a pastor, Dion, right? Yes, I did. I How many years were you years a pastor? Now. I was there for 10 years. Okay, so how this passion for prayer... What did you do? Uh, how did you incorporate that into your congregation? What did you do to encourage prayer? Well, prayer is learned through praying, and praying comes by crying out, and crying out comes by desperation, I believe. And as you walk through uh, in our church, for example, I established a new work. Where I was an assistant pastor at a church and then went out and planted a church in 2003, and we, we established it on Acts 2.42, which says that they continued steadfastly in the Apostles' Doctrine, fellowship, breaking of bread, and prayer. And what God showed me was that it was two, two pillars, really, the Apostles' Doctrine and prayer. What was happening in between of those pillars, in between those pillars, was fellowship and breaking of bread, the life of the body of Christ. And as we established this church, we would say, that's the main thing. Let's keep these things the main thing. And we began to uh, encourage and equip people to pray because I saw that we needed to teach people. People would come all the time and say, how, how do I pray? What, what do I pray? Same question that Jesus got from his, from his disciples. And we would go through the process of equipping people to first shut up and listen. <laughs> you know, sometimes we forget <laughs> that prayer is a two-way street. You Wait a minute, you wait, know? A minute. You, wait a minute. You were a pastor <laughs> and you told people to shut up? Absolutely, brother. Okay, you know, you praise God. All right. right. We need more yeah, pastors so. like that. <laughs> Shut up! It's not the lesson to God. <laughs> Shut up and listen. You know, oh, yeah, that's right, to, Kathy. We have to get that piece in place first. If we can't stop and listen, we will never hear from God, nor will we hear from the Holy Spirit, nor will we have His Word opened up to us so that we can see that He is active and living and, and, and working in our lives. The mm. other thing was to encourage people that um, we need to pray strategically and intentionally. I mean, it says the effective, fervent prayer, right? The effective, strategic, intentional, targeted, fervent, fiery, fierce, passionate prayer of God's righteous people avails much. And so if you truly believe that, and you believe that you're praying to God Almighty, then what's standing in our way? The weapons of our warfare aren't carnal, but they're mighty in God for the tearing down of the strongholds of the enemy. And we can tear them down faster than the enemy can build them up if yep. we believe that we're serving God Almighty. Yes. No prayer, no power, no power, no victory. Amen. And, and, and so, so many that, of us, but so many of us live, yes, so many of us live as Christ followers with no power because we don't pray. And as you said, we don't shut up so we can listen to God. But as you said, a lot of Christ followers are not really sure how to pray. And we're not taught to pray specifically, so therefore we can't see the answers. I, I, it just, it's so encouraging to know that the National Day of Prayer is coming up that we can pay attention to it. How do people find out more about it, Dion? They go to the National Day of Prayer website, which is www.nationaldayofprayer.org. And we have all kinds of resources there that they can use to either mobilize in their community or find an event. 
and go like what kind of resources? Like what kind uh, of resources? We have resources. For example, if you wanted to mobilize people in your community, we have everything from yard signs that you can put out and list the time of your event. If you're a church, you can have bulletin inserts that you can put into bulletins every week or put posters up in your church. Um, if you're in a business, an organization, you can mobilize those on your business campus and invite them to come to a lunch where you can have a National Day of Prayer uh, gathering. It's, it's whatever... God leads, and you know, however God, uh, however God leads you, and we have those resources available for people to use. Kathy, how did Love Twenty Twenty and the National Day of Prayer Organization create this synergy to transform our country? Well, prayer, like I said it before the break, no prayer, no power, no power, no victory. Everything begins and ends and is saturated in prayer. And so, the National Day of Prayer is one of our amazing partners. Um, in our prayer network affinity spheres, and we are so grateful. And uh, like I said, their coordinators are out there every day mobilizing prayer. And that's really what we're asking all the listeners to do today, whether it's um, in a conference room, uh, in a classroom, around a flagpole, in a ballroom, at a park, in a church, wherever. We are asking you to pray and pray with others, if at all possible, even in your neighborhood. Pray in your cul-de-sac. On the National Day of Prayer, pray over those seven centers of influence that um, that Dion named for you um, at the top of the show. Go on the nationaldayofprayer.org uh, website and pull resources. We need to be saturating our nation in prayer, and the National Day of Prayer is a great day to start that habit. Oh, it's so powerful. Dion, I think that's really what I want, want you to repeat, those seven things that we should be praying about specifically on the National Day of Prayer Day and really every day. You mentioned them very quickly at the beginning of the show. Mention them again, please. I sure will. You know, it's, it's important to pray for our governing authorities. We're told to in Scripture. So we pray into the leaders. And, I, I, and we always engage people in the local communities to say, begin in your community. I'll, I'll pray for mine. She can pray for hers. He can pray for his. And we mobilize people to pray into these spheres of government, military, media, and entertainment, business, education, the church, and, of course, the family, which is where it all begins. And if, you know, for example, in, in schools, that's one of the ways that I started as a pastor. I would, uh, I had this experience. I had my youngest son who, uh, after, after three other kids, he was the fourth. We sent him off into kindergarten, and I remember the day he walked off with his backpack on his back and all ready to go, and, and God spoke to me, and he said, you're turning him over to people that you don't know for seven hours a day for the next 13 years. And that really stopped me in my tracks. And I began this campaign of going in. I introduced myself to the principal. Hi, my name is Dion Elmore. I have a student in your school, and I pray. Can I pray for you? Here's my card. Give me a call if you need anything. I go to his teachers, the same thing, over and over and over again. Begin to mobilize prayer in the community. I went to the school board, got to know the school board president. And, and you know, there are things like that where we can mobilize in our community. Um, for example, the military is another great one. My son-in-law's a Marine. And they were serving. He was married to my daughter. They had um, our first grandchild, and they were over in Okinawa. And when the North Koreans began threatening to send nuclear weapons over and hitting our bases in the Pacific Rim, I rolled my sleeves up, and I cried out to God for our military. But I also cried out for the leaders of the military bases in our area. I pastored right next to Fort Carson, one of the larger Army bases in the U.S. We have Peterson Air Force Base. We have the Air Force Academy. So I got to know the the names of the people who were there working and leading those and began to pray strategically 
in intentionally for them. Well, Kathy, one of the, and Dion, those thoughts are phenomenal. I appreciate it. We're running out of time. I want to make sure I get this one last point. And Kathy, one of the biggest things we can do in prayer is to start praying, not only in our families, but praying in our workplaces. How will prayer transform our workplace? First of all, it'll transform us. And so it's not that we walk into work every day and we look around and expect everybody to make our day great and to make us feel important and to impact our lives, but it really changes the perspective. But also God softens hearts, and and God will prompt us to start having conversations with people, especially people that are kind of extra grace-required people. Find out what their needs are. (laughs) In talking to people, you will find out what the root is of their behavior, and God will reveal to you how to pray for them, and things will change. And I'm not saying that you're going to become the boss or that you're going to get some huge raise, although you might, but it will be... I love that if you love what you do every day, you don't hit the snooze alarm. Mm-hmm. That when your eyes open and your heart's a pumping and you're thinking about your day and you're driving to work and you're praying for people, you are eager to see what God's going to do in you and through you at your workplace that day. I love it that you pray for people. The extra grace need required people. I love that. Kathy Branzell with Love 2020 found online at love2020.com and Dion Elmore with the National Day of Prayer found nationaldayofprayer.org. Kathy and Dion, thanks so much for being on I Work for Him today. Thank you. Happy Easter. Thank you. Happy Easter to you, too. Check these organizations out online and prepare to pray on May the 4th. May the 4th, a day to transform our nation in prayer. NationalDayOfPrayer.org. You're listening to I Work For Him with your host, Jim Brangenberg. Just remember, I work for him.